0: Fantastic. Hey, it's great to be here with you. I, I think I'm just going to let Meredith say a few words. How many would you like to hear from Meredith? And uh, uh, So I'm going to give her the microphone.
1: Yeah, good morning, everybody. Isn't it lovely to be here? Uh, it's lovely to be here. Um, speaking of anniversaries, today is 10 years since I had the first service at Greensboro. Um, I'd come across on the 2nd of January and uh, got to Melbourne and Nick said to me, oh, by the way... On Sunday, you're going to have to play the piano. I thought, oh, golly. All right, I haven't played the piano for a while, but that should be all right. And you have to lead the service as well. What? (laughs) All at once, you know. So uh, that was exciting. And I think on that day, I think we would have had Mark and Joy were probably there and and Robin Zicola and and Ian Fisher and I don't think anybody else Was anybody else here that day? Oh, Taryn, of course. And, And Dan, you were there too. Excellent. Yes, so 10 years... How time flies, how time flies, Dan. And look what's, you know, it's all different. Well, here I am back again 10 years later, um, but I'm not going to stay this time. I'm sorry to say.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Give her a big hand. That's awesome. Well, it is our 40th anniversary, and what Meredith wanted to do, she wanted to retrace our honeymoon steps. So actually, that's what we're doing uh, after... Uh, here we go to Harrietville, Bright, those areas, uh, and many others which um, I've forgotten what they are. Um, but I am romantic, so I'm, I'm working hard at it. That's why <clears throat> Meredith's going to guide me through it, which will be great. So, 40 years of marriage. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, after 40 years, Meredith's finally perfected me. I'm 99.9% there. And uh, she said, if you just get the bacon right in the morning, when you bring me breakfast in bed, we'll be right. So I'm working on that and uh, looking forward to the next 40 years. Well, we started our journey in church. And uh, today we thank God for his grace upon us. Where would we be without the grace of God? And, um, you know, as much as we celebrate our marriage and who we are, we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ is at the centre And he holds all things together. We've been through the ups and downs, like all couples, uh, but God has always, always been there. And he is faithful to us. And I'm so thankful to him. It's really great to be here with you this morning. And happy new year. And uh, who's looking forward to a brand new year? I don't know about you, but I like new things. Who's into new things? I'm into new things. And. uh, I love just getting a new shirt I, I recently got a new phone I don't know how to use it but I got a new phone and I also got a new computer and it's trying to work through how to work that out Geordie you know what I'm talking about um, but I love new things and God is the God of the new how many of you know that he is in the God of the new and he wants us to actually live in the new I'm so glad the Bible teaches us in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. How many of you are a new creation today? And, you know, there, there, is, a, there is sometimes a temptation to go back and walk in the old. And this, this morning, I want to uh, launch this year for you. Pastor Charles uh, rang, and at the time when he asked me to come on the earth, I, I didn't remember it was the anniversary so I said, yeah, yeah, no problem, we'll do that. And then Mary said, it is our anniversary. I said, well, we started in church, and I think that's a great place to, to launch the celebration. And, um, But I want to talk about um, moving uh, forward in the newness of God. Is that okay? Just, just repositioning and posturing your year to embrace the new. We're going to look at a scripture that I have preached out of uh, quite a few times. It's a scripture that's foundational to my life, It's one that God has actually helped me to move forward. Sometimes we get stuck in moments, uh, and the kingdom of God is about moving forward. So if you have your Bibles, your phones, whatever app you use these days uh, to look at God's Word, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, Uh, Geordie, I want to thank you. I've I've sort of got two messages that I've mixed together. You had to do a new slide for me this morning, so I really appreciate that. This is a scripture that most of you, many of you will be uh, very familiar with. And this passage of scripture has three great principles in it that I want to share with you today. And I really pray that it will help you to move forward in the new things that God has for us. God is the God of the new. Even in our calendar, how many of you know that God resets us? Uh, He is the God of the new. You know, he gives us a brand new day. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that his mercies are new every morning. Aren't you glad about that? The reason that we have a new week is because God resets us, resets our mind, resets our attitudes. A new year, many times we misunderstand the celebration of it. really what it is, is God resetting us to embrace the new purpose that he has that unfolds in our life. And so I really pray today that you grab a hold of that. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and bringing streams into the wastelands. These three principles, there's three principles in this passage of Scripture that are so profound in helping us to move forward. The first one is found in the first couple of lines, to forget the past. The second one is to see that God is doing a new thing. And the third one is his purpose, which is redemptive. And we're going to look at those things today, those three principles. Let's look at the first one, if we can, and if we can get it uh, on on screen. It's instructive. The first a principle that we're given is forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, we do get stuck in moments. Have you ever been stuck in moments of the past and you can't seem to move forward? You know, holding on to things of the past can actually sabotage your future. And boy, do I know that very, very well. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 14... I don't know if uh, you watch The Chosen. Who's watching The Chosen lately? And the last episode, Jesus—you uh, see the episode unfolding with Matthew chapter 10. Jesus sends his disciples out two by two, and he gives them this instruction. He says, "Go to every town, heal the sick, preach the good news. But if they don't receive you or hear, heed the word, then shake the dust off your feet." And I thought to myself, "Well, wow, that's a little bit—it's a little bit rude." What, what does he mean by that? What he's saying is don't let the negativity, that dust, their attitude, come onto your spirit or else you'll take it into the next town. And it's so true many times. There's things in the past that hold us back and they stop us from moving in the forward. Last week, Pastor Charles online, he talked about new wineskins. He said, you don't put new wine into an old wineskin or it will burst. And, and I really sensed this morning... But it's really important for us as we come into this new season of God, this new new vision, this new unfolding vision of God, as he takes us forward, there's some things that we have to shake off. And, um, you know, it's so important because things get stuck on us. Sometimes an attitude can be stuck on us. Sometimes things happen during the year that hold us prisoners that stop us from moving forward. Here's some four things very quickly that I think are really important to shake off from last year. Now, I don't know what it was like for you last year. I'm sure you had ups and downs. Who had had some ups and downs last year? And sometimes it's so hard to move forward in the things of God because we get stuck in the things that have happened to us, not sometimes in just the previous years, but previous years. Here's some things that we have to shake off of us. Here's the first one, is disappointment. And disappointment is a huge thing. Disappointment is, many times, um, is so disenabling Then what happens, it, we get discouraged. And from discouragement, we come to a place of disillusionment. And I don't know how many people I meet, I, I think it's one of the greatest weapons of the enemy is to keep people in a place of disappointment. And, you know, here's one thing I've learned. God does not want us to live in regret. He wants us to live in promise. We are people of promise. But it's so easy to be stuck in disappointment and be disillusioned with the things that life throws at us. Here's another one, Uh, you know, and I'm sure last year some of these things happened to all of us. I'm sure we faced disappointment, hurt and offense. Uh, I'm Italian, you know, we we get hurt and offended uh, quite easily. I'm very sensitive sort of a person. And sometimes, you know, things happen And it's hard for us to move on from the hurt and offence. The problem with that is that bitterness creeps in. And sometimes we can become a victim because of a hurt and offence. There's a lot of people that sometimes I see that are stuck in places of hurt and disappointments and offence And they just become victims of their past and prisoners of their past. How many of you know we are a new creation in Christ and Christ wants us to move forward? Then there's words. Words are very, very powerful. And they can wound your spirit. There's nothing as powerful as a negative word that can hold you prisoner in your mind and affect your identity and also remove your confidence and authority and you know sometimes what happens is the reason that words are so powerful because they can define us and many times it's really interesting people can give me um, you know they can uh, affirm me and, and they can say hey you're doing a great job and be really positive but one negative word just one slight negative word seems to capture my attention to all the praise that you might receive who's like that? You know, somebody can say, hey, you're really looking great, you're doing well, and all of a sudden just throw a joke word out and that's the word that captures you because words are so powerful and people get caught up and words sometimes can wound a spirit. God wants us to move on. Here's another one. Failure can absolutely, you know, put us immobilise us. And, you know, last year, when I look back over the year, I think I faced all these four things. I think there were some areas that I failed in. But failure, uh, you know, is, is something, again, that doesn't and shouldn't define us. And many times what happens is we get caught in the failure. We get caught, and that's the thing that seems to rob us of the ability to move forward. But we are a new creation in Jesus Christ. And if we are to move into the new things that God has for us, we must understand that we are in Christ a new creation. And these things that try and bring us back into our old nature, into our old thinking, into the places of defeat that remove our confidence and authority. Let me tell you, God is saying, hey, I've got Uni Hill. I've got a new path for you to take. I've got new things to, that I'm going to open up for you. And as you stay in a place of forgetting the past, letting go of the past, there's newness ahead. How many can say amen to God on that today? You know, as you know, Meredith is an author and she's written, I think now, is it 26 books? Something like that. It's pretty good, 26 books. And um, she was telling me one day about this, this story, this great book called Great Expectations. And Great Expectations was written by Charles Dickens. Who's ever read it? Anybody ever read it? Wow, that's is incredible. It's a very thick book. So she was telling me about it. I got really excited about the book. I thought, oh wow, well, I'm, I'm gonna start reading it. I think I got to the second page and thought, this ain't happening. So I got the movie, do you know what I mean? Who's, who's better with the movie? I'm better with the movie. You know, you get the popcorn out, you know, you can put it on, on hold and get some more food while you're watching. But it was a great movie. She caught my attention because of this decision. And one of the things that caught my attention was because of the decision that one of the main characters made. And that was a character called Miss Havisham. Miss Havisham um, was, uh, a, came from a very wealthy family. Her parents had died, had left her a great inheritance. And now she came to the time of her wedding, a, a, a time that every young lady looks forward to with great joy and anticipation, the dream to actually be married. And um, she rolls up to the uh, altar, to the church, only to find out that her fiancé had had uh, had run off. He had actually duped her and, and left. And because of the incredible pain that she Uh, held because of this situation she made three major decisions that affected the rest of her life the first decision she made is she refused to remove her wedding dress and wore her wedding dress for the rest of her life now what started out as a beautiful garment reflecting the joy and the purity and the Connection to her destiny, now as you watch the movie, it was dirty, she refused to move, remove it, it was dirty, it was tattered, and she wore it as, as a garment to remind herself of the pain of her past. And all of a sudden, this beautiful garment became like ashes. How many of you know that Jesus gave us beauty instead of ashes? He doesn't want us to live in the ashes of the past, the things, you know, life can burn you. Life can make things happen to you. He wants us to live in the promise of the fact that we are a new creation in him and he has new things for us. The second thing she did is she refused, she told all her servants to make sure that the clocks that were in uh, her mansion. They were all to be stopped at the time of her pain. And every clock in the house, every time she walked past, would remind her of the pain that she had gone through. You know, I meet people like that. That not only the garment of their spirit is just like the dream has become a nightmare. It, it's like the the clock of their life has stopped ticking. And they're stuck in a moment of pain and can't move forward. But the saddest thing is her third decision. The third decision she made was she had a ward who she began to mentor and influence. And because of the bitterness of her spirit, that bitterness uh, was beginning to be portrayed and beginning to influence this ward who herself captured her spirit of pain and she herself was stuck in her own pain, in her relationships. That is a tragic story. How many you know that is not how God wants us to live? And one of the reasons that God wants us to forget the past is not because we shouldn't have great memories. Can I say this? We have great memories of Uni Hill. They're great memories. They're fantastic memories. And we're so thankful to see what God is doing uh, in, in the place now, You know, because it's moving forward. It's not stuck in the past. God has got a great future for it, not for just this generation. This morning I met Deacon, you know, Geordie's little boy. And I'm thinking to myself, that is a blessing in itself. I wonder what Deacon's going to be doing in the next 15 or 20 years. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's not just hard to let go of the bad things. Sometimes it's hard to let go of the good things, isn't it? Sometimes there's great memories. But God is a God that moves us forward. He's got new days. He's got new things for us to fulfil his purpose. And I want to encourage you as uni will don't get stuck in the things of the past, whether they've been great or whether they have been... Um, you know, really difficult to work through. Take a hold and say, God, I'm moving forward into this new decade that you have for me because God has great things for us as individuals, as families, and as our churches, which I think is fantastic. Here's the second principle, which is really fantastic, is this. It, the first principle is forget the former things. The second one is, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up Can you not perceive it? You know, God wants to release fresh and new vision to us. And uh, many times when, as this passage starts, it says, see, I'm doing a new thing. I don't know about you, but I find it hard sometimes to see the new thing that God is doing. Actually, I would like to know the new thing that God is doing. How many of you would like to know the new thing that God is doing? You know, I'm, I'm here sharing God's word to you and saying, see, God is about to do a new thing. And most of us are, are sitting there going, well, I'd really like to know what the new thing is. Now, here's the way way God works. If you read this passage of Scripture, it says, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up, can you not perceive it? The word perceive is a sensing word. Many times we don't see something, but we sense it. And that is because God wants us to move in a realm of faith. Do you know when in 2012... When Meredith and I did... Well, Meredith came in 2013, but I came in 2012. I remember, you know, two years before we came to Melbourne, I was actually sensing that God was doing a new thing in us. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. But I was sensing it. And I remember coming to uh, preach for the church, a church just down the road here, and they took me to the Degani's uh, cafe. Great cafe, by the way. I was there recently. Good food. Still got good food. They've moved in the new. They're still kept in the new. And, um, you know, I, I sat there and I, and I just... Something captured my spirit about this area. And I, I could not see what God was doing. I knew... It, I had this, this incredible sense we were going to come to Melbourne, but I could not see it. But I sensed it. It's, it's interesting how the realm of faith works, because actually the reason that God makes you sense things is because what happens is it it activates your faith, because our journey is a journey of faith. And as I began to sense it, little did I know two years later how God orchestrated for us to come here. And um, then it was just a matter of knowing in my heart that God was calling us, and even though... I couldn't see this building, I sensed it. And I'll never forget two years later when we did land here in 2012, again being at Degani and uh, I was having a coffee with Pastor Joe Bowes and uh, we come out of the Coles area there, the main interest, and he said to me, asked me this question, where do you believe God wants you to have the church, the building? And I looked across to this area because I had sensed something that I said, just over there, get me that land. Here's the thing, I didn't see it. I couldn't see it in the natural, but I sensed it in the spirit. Did you know if you're going to move into the new, you're not going to see first, you're going to sense first. And some of you already are sensing some of the new things that God wants to do in your life but you can't quite articulate it, you can't quite see it, and sometimes that's where we get stuck in our faith. But God has given us this incredible ability to perceive. He says here, can't you see it, can't you perceive, even now it springs up. And this is one of the great lessons I've learned about moving in God, moving in the new, that God always sows the seed of sensing before I see the seed come to fruition and reality. It's the truth about marriage. I mean, these two young people over here, they're going to get married in March. Is that right? They're supposed to do their wedding, but unfortunately going to be overseas. But they're in their sensing time. They haven't seen 40 years yet. They will. Let me tell you what it's going to look like. (laughs) But they sense it. See, the engagement is the sensing. There's a period of time where you sense before you see. And so many people get stuck because we want to see first. It's like Thomas. If you cry, Let me see your hands. They, can't, they, they lose the, the miracle and the reality of living by faith. This building, I, I, I sensed it before I saw it. The vision of this church, I sensed it before I saw it. I remember writing down restore, raise up, release. But we didn't see the reality of it till years after, starting to see the the restoring and the raising up and the releasing. The Hope Centre. The Hope Centre was just a warehouse. And I remember as we're building this building, the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, you need to get that building. And I thought to myself, I couldn't see it. Can I be honest with you? I couldn't see it. Because I thought the budget does not allow it. But I had a sense about it. I had a sense about it, and I remember God speaking to me very deeply that we were to have two buildings. One building was to be hands up, worship to God. But worship to God is Isaiah 58 it's hands up and hands out to people. That's what that building is hands out. And I'll never forget the day that I took John and Jan, we're walking through the building, I said, Come and. Come and have a look at this building. We were in the sensing mode. I was just in that place of faith because the budget, we just couldn't see it. But we began to look and say, well, we could do this, we could do that. We could. You weren't even on staff then. And um, it came out a moment of, of sensing. Little did we know, because it's not my leadership or anything, little did we know God was on it and he could see it. And if you go through that building, there's a plaque there to a lady called Rosa who left. She had no relatives at all in this church for years and years and years. Ian Fisher uh, just took care of her as she came to her last days. And she left an inheritance to the church that gave us a deposit to be able to buy that building. Isn't that amazing? The genera- even after, even in your, you, you, can, you can actually live beyond your life and bless the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing? Give God a hand of praise. Now, you know what that came out That just came out of, that was a sensing. And I want to encourage you that some of you already, uh, you're starting to sense some of the things that God is wanting to do in your life. I remember Meredith, uh, one year, she got us to, you know, she wanted to plant bulbs, daff- it was daffodils. And, um, you know, she, she planted in this, this, this garden bed at the front and I, don't know, I didn't know nothing about gardening in those days. And um, we planted the bulbs and nothing happened for months. I forgot all about them. And then one day, she, you know, we were, let's do some gardening. So we were weeding and I'm weeding this garden bed, and I'm I'm all of a sudden stepping apparently on this. She goes, "You're stepping on my bulbs." I'm there. What are you talking about? I can't see a thing. All it was was these minute little shoots that were coming up. She could see them because she had planted them there. I couldn't see them. I thought it looks like a looks like grass to me. But you know what? That's how it works. God plants something in your life and all of a sudden there's little shoots that start again. Already, some of you, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and there's a sensing. And if you add your faith to that, let me tell you what happens, not only when you add your faith but when you add creativity because creativity and faith go hand in hand. You'll be surprised how the very nature of God is to be creative. And I believe today that if you learn to nurture the sensing of God before you see, because a lot of people, this is where they stop. They get stuck. They want to see first and then they'll step out. Let me tell you this. This is how God works. You sense something, you step out and then you'll see. That's how he works. It's with everything. Uh, It's the same In every principle of your life. And many people get stuck and stay in the old because they never move into the new. You know, if you're a business person today and maybe last year was a hard year, can I say this to you? You know, forget the past... God wants to do something new in you and he's going to give you some things that you'll start sensing already and if you start writing them down and praying and sowing into them let me tell you you're going to see them even fruition this year and it's so true not just about your business but you know even in your parenting some of you uh like Geordie he's coming to a, a a place of parenting he's going to be sensing some new things over the years believe you me uh and I, I guarantee you, he already senses things about his boy. Guarantee it. And what he's going to do is as he senses them as a parent and he starts to sow into them, he's going to eventually see the things that he sensed. It's the same in your marriage. Your marriage goes through different stages. They, they say there's a the romantic stage. When you first get married, there's a romantic stage. We're still in the romantic stage, you know, Meredith and I. 40 years of incredible romance. The second stage... <laughs> They say is the awakening stage when you wake up and realize, oh gee, this person isn't quite who I thought they were. They do things a little bit different to what I thought. And then there's the uh, adjusting stage. Um, if you don't if you don't adjust, then what happens is uh, many people ser- separate. You know, in my generation. Um, people would would break up after seven years. They, they called it the seven-year itch. Now it's after two years. Stats are now showing us that people break up after two years. It's called the two-year scratch. They want to scratch their eyes out after two years. Do you know why? Because they do not understand the change that happens in people and the growth that happens. They do not have the awareness, and so they can't see what they saw when they first got married. And so it's really important that as Christians we capture what is God saying to us? What is the sensing in our heart? I remember about 2015, I think it was, we had that incident, Geordie, when you and Charles had to go and get my passport. I was on the way to Singapore and we had that incredible mishap. Um, but I remember the year before, I said to Meredith, I had not been to Singapore for years uh, because my, the route that I used to fly to the UK was, had changed and we used to go through Dubai. So I hadn't been there for about 10 years. And then this particular year, just before we jumped into a new year, I started to get this sense that I was going to go to Singapore. And I said to Meredith, I just got this sense in God that next year I'm going to go to Singapore. I said, and you know what? In the natural, I can't see it. I don't have any connections. I've lost the connections. I don't know what's happening. I I, I just cannot see what that happening in the natural But there was this incredible sense. You know, God is into the supernatural. And because I just kept sensing this, I get this invitation from James Quay, who now has planted a church in Singapore through that event that we had. It was something that I sensed in my spirit, and yet I couldn't see it. And this is why the scripture says this. It says, forget the former things. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not Perceive it. God wants us to do some new things. Can I? Can I just also let you know? Let, you know, say I believe God's going to do a new thing through the church. How, how many of you sense God is doing a new thing? Sometimes we hear all the negativity that is coming through our TVs, and we go, "Wow, I just cannot see." what God is going to do. Let me tell you, God, like we heard this morning, is on the throne, he is in control, and he's moving in a very, very powerful way. And uh, we we have just begun to see, uh, rather sense, I don't think we're seeing yet what we're starting to sense. And prophetic voices are starting to sense things in the spirit that I believe we're going to see as the decade unfolds. I think one of the things we're going to see happen is in the area of supernatural intervention. Uh, I don't know about you, but I love when the Holy Spirit moves. How many of you love when the Holy Spirit moves? And, um, you know, when the Holy Spirit moves, um, he moves so powerfully and he goes outside our structures. I love it. He messes up my world. The Holy Spirit messes up your world. And I'm so glad of it. Because I like to be in control. I like to have everything established. It's got to look like this. And he comes in and just blows with the the power of his spirit and he just breaks up all the structures that I have in place. You know, we we go to this uh, small congregation at a place called Christie's Beach and um, the church is being repurposed and the the whole purpose of that is that at the moment we have a a gathering of older people. Um, There's about 40 of them. Uh, and they are, they are fantastic, passionate people. Meredith is the worship leader. Uh, we've gone back to sort of doing that. And uh, I do the sound desk sometimes. How's that? I'm the tech, I'm the tech boy. You, you think I'm joking. I'm the tech boy. And, um, you know, you look at it and you think, what can come out of this? What can come out of this? And the whole goal is to start another service you know, for younger families. But three weeks ago, something amazing happened. Um, These two 17-year-old kids just roll up to church. They come to church. The pastor, Tim Jack, who was our national leader, he's the pastor of the church, he decided to have a a share testimony uh, Sunday. And he had three people share their testimony. And one of the gentlemen who's in his 70s shared his testimony... These two young people were riveted and they gave their life to Jesus Christ. Now, now here's the thing. We find out later no one had witnessed to them. No one had coerced them to come to church. No one had invited them to come to church. Um, They just uh, were reading their Bible. They had this desire to read their Bible. They started reading their Bible and go, you know, I think we need to go to church. Oh, there's one just down the road we will pop in. And let me tell you this, between you and me, the music's terrible. It was a little bit like when we first. Yeah, I'm going to be careful with what. It's terrible. I mean, I I go, I go, really. And you know, it's it's the people there are so passionate. They, they they are great. They, They always agree with our preaching. They're always like this. They're always agreeing with me when I preach. It's just amazing. And I'm going, surely these two young people aren't going to come anymore. Well, they've been back for the last three months, sitting on the front row. I got them sitting on the front row. I said, look, I'm the youth pastor here. I'm 63 years old. <laughs> Sit here. One Sunday, we couldn't get the, the tech thing happening. We couldn't get the words on, nothing. So the leader, he just started singing old songs. It was amazing made, the, the place was full of passion And the thing that is so hilarious Is when our pastor When, when Tim says Come on let's all raise our hands to Jesus They're all like this And I, the innocence of the heart Just worshipping God Without tradition is unbelievable And you know what I, I believe there's going to be Supernatural interventions happening People are going to get saved Whether we pray or not and I believe that's going to happen. I really do. I have the, the the whole thing about Paul on the road to Damascus. You wait and see. I have a sense in my heart. That as good as the church is and as good as we try to do everything we can, aren't you glad that God is in control of the church? He's the leader of the church. He's the head of the church. And yes, do we continue to pray? Yes. Do we continue to do all the things we need to do? Yes, we do. Do we need to get things right? Yes, we do. But let me tell you, God loves people more than we do. I didn't die for you. Jesus died for them. And to see these two young people, it's it's just so refreshing to my spirit. We have another young lady. Uh, her name's Amanda Banks. And I, I think you'll hear about Amanda one day. Uh, she, was, she was literally had um, mental anguish. She was possessed. And let me tell you, wh- when you see this young lady and you hear her story and you talk about demonic possession, uh, let me tell you, it's real. And she opened herself up through drugs and everything like that. Um, Amanda now... Again, she, she cried out to God out of desperation. No one witnessed to her, but God heard her cry. And she's now saved. And let me tell you, talk about living in the newness of Christ. You know, we're not, we, the other day we had her over for tea and um, <clears throat> she, we said to her, tell us your testimony. We, we, we went for a walk down the park and she wasn't trying to hide her light behind the bushel. She wasn't going, well, look, let me tell you about my past. I was demonically possessed. She was telling, you want to know something? And I'm thinking to myself, keep the radar down. There's people walking up and down and she's talking about, you know, demonic activity and all that. And Jesus saving Jesus is Lord, I'm thinking, you ain't gonna stop her from living in the newness of Christ. Let me tell you, we need to live in the newness of Christ. We are a new creation. And uh, you know, I, I think sometimes because of the things that happened to our past, we revert back to our old nature. We revert back to old habits. Just like Lot's wife, she turned back when, when she was, you know, on the on the journey of being saved. She turned back to her past because of her lifestyle, and you know, the children of Israel they wanted to turn back to Egypt after they'd been delivered. Peter wanted to turn back. Well, he did. He turned back to fishing because of failure. Let me tell you, this is the day to move forward and be new creations in Jesus Christ and understand the authority and the power that we have through that truth. Here's another thing that I believe is going to happen, not just supernatural intervention, but I I have this incredible sense that evangelism is going to go back to grassroots. You know, I I thank God um, for event evangelism. I really do. I think the church needs to continue to do events. I'm so thankful for the programs that the church has. I think they are amazing, and I think they're God-inspired. But i tell you one thing that I think we're we're lacking. I think there's one thing that I sense in my heart that God wants us to get back to the body doing evangelism. Every day, grassroots evangelism, and you know what? It's loving your neighbour. That's grassroots evangelism. And, you know, it's, wouldn't it be amazing if you see your whole street saved? Wouldn't that be amazing? Couldn't, couldn't we believe that? I think it's a new thing God wants to do. I think God wants to do something way beyond what we've even imagined. You know, in a couple of months, when you have your conference, one of the speakers here is going to be Pastor Zoran Pornovich. Do not miss that ministry. He is a great ministry. Now, Zoran, I was his youth pastor. Let me tell you how Zoran got saved. Zoran did not get saved through an event, through an evangelistic event. He got saved because his neighbour, who was an old lady, she's this little old lady, and she would... Zoran's family was so dysfunctional. His father was an was a alcoholic. He was an abuser, would abuse his mother physically. And this little old lady saved a new creation in Christ, showed them the love of Jesus. Do you know how? Bringing them cakes. Bringing them food. Showing them love. And then eventually one day said, I'd love, would you like to come to church? They got saved. That whole family got transformed and saved because of grassroots relational evangelism. And boy, do I, I look forward for that day. Could you imagine today? You know, and I see this. I see, you know, I've got two neighbours that don't really like, they're not very social. And I'm a social person. I'm going, you know, I bring the bins out. I see them, I wave, I want to go and talk to them. They see me, they run. They found out I'm a pastor, and I don't know what it is. It's like, don't talk to him. And I'm, I'm trying to find ways that I can just... Look, I, it's not about pushing the gospel on them. but just about loving people. There's amazing things that can happen around bringing your rubbish bin out. There's amazing things. Last night we were staying at John and Jan's, and we went outside. And I was so thrilled because John was trying to show us this Christmas tree thing he's got better hurry up, and um, this Christmas tree's got these lights around this huge tree, and they were put up there by, a, by a drone. And so he goes, "You've got to come and have a look at this." And how the heck did you get these lights out there? As we put the lights on, the neighbours came out. I'm thinking that is fantastic. The connection of neighbours. Can, can I say this? I I have this sense in my heart. I have this sense in my heart that we're going to see evangelism, so different, that. All of a sudden, instead of just, hey, let's put on vents on, which I think we need to continue to do, we're going to start seeing people saved as neighbours. How many of you would love to see that? How many of you want to be involved in that? That's the new thing that I believe God wants to do. You know, we were coming through Horsham, and as we're coming through Horsham, uh, the silos were so full that the grain, there was huge um, amounts of grain that were right next to these silos that they were trying to cover. I thought, wow, there's just mounds of grain. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said this to me and, and reminded me about the scripture in Genesis chapter 41 about Joseph. It says, and when the famine came, Joseph opened up the storehouse, opened up the silos. Do you know what? This is a silo. It's God saying, guess what? We're the seed. And God's saying, open up the silo and get the seeds scattered into because there is a huge famine in our world today. You know, there's the, you know mental health, they say by 2030 will be the greatest Australian burden. We're now popping pills like never before. I think it's $28 billion the Americans are spending on popping pills. First you've got to take an upper to get you out of bed and then a downer to get you to sleep. It's amazing, this, this industry of mental illness, gender confusion, the question we ask now is no longer who am I but what am I? It's, it's incredible. Family breakdowns, crisis, energy crisis, hospital crisis. Let me tell you, there's a famine out there, but let me tell you, Jesus is on the throne and it's time that the churches, we open up the storehouse and we are the seed that's going to feed the famine and bring hope to this place, not just in Australia, but in the world. Come on, give God a hand of praise. Last thing, very quickly. I want you to take your communion. Could you take your communion? Um, It says this, this is how this passage finishes. It says, I'm making a way in the desert and bringing streams in the wastelands. Do you know God's purpose has always been redemptive. God doesn't bring us into change and he doesn't bring us into newness because he's trying to keep up with the trends. He doesn't try and bring us into change to make our life uncomfortable. He brings us into change because his very nature is a redemptive nature. This is what he says. He says, I am going to make a way in the desert and bring streams into the wasteland. The reason that God wants to bring you into newness because he wants to redeem the wastelands and the deserts of our lives. You know, I've still got some areas of my life, some areas that I know, are still desert and wastelands, things that I'm believing for that I know still have not come to fruition. But God wants me to continue to move in the new so that I can embrace the fact that he's going to bring those streams into the wastelands and he's going to revive the actual seeds of destiny that he's put in my life. Some of you here today, you know, you've got and this isn't true, this is true for the personal and the corporate. I believe the church, God is redeeming some things to the church, some things that have been in deserts and wastelands, just like this church. If I can say this in respect to the past, when we came here in 2012, there was the roots of apostolic call on this church, but the church was in a wasteland. It had it had lost its, its ability to move forward forward. And when we came, we didn't do anything special. It's not like, look, here we were the saviors of this church. No, Jesus called us to this place to redeem the seeds that were already planted in this house. And all we did is say, Holy Ghost, come and breathe on them. And when he did, now look at the springs of water in this place that are feeding the different places around it. How many of you know God is such a good God and he wants to continue to do that in not just in our corporate gatherings, but in our personal lives. Physically, some of you are carrying, and can I say this, some of you today, you're here and you have physical issues. Uh, can I? And the doctors maybe have given you a negative report. You know, I, I met Jade as we were coming. Uh, I had to rush out and grab something and I saw Jade. And Jade, the miracle, I'll never forget, I met you. You were sitting way over there when you got diagnosed with a brain tumour. And with... and. I remember the fear in your eyes remember the incredible grace of God. And today, Jade is a walking miracle of the destiny of the power of Jesus Christ because she's a new creation in Christ. And that doesn't refer with the authority of Christ just to a spiritual. It also refers to the the physical. And you might have last year have carried a physical. I really sense this in my spirit today. If I can have the piano player coming. If you today have a physical element, in a moment, we're going to take communion. And this, this communion reminds us about the new covenant that we have through Jesus Christ and through this covenant that he heals all our de- diseases. Can you give me an amen to that today? And, you know, he restores us. He restores our soul. Sometimes I think we don't understand about walking in the newness of Christ. And I want to encourage you today, some of you who maybe uh, have physical ailment, as you take communion today, say, God, as I take this communion, I want to enter into the new and I'm believing for healing in my body can you give me an amen to that today can we believe for that together some of you today you might have had some really emotional thank you Jan. she's always been an incredible PA um, you know some of you might have emotional things that you've, you've had such a difficult difficult time and you think to yourself these things are never going to leave me the past has got such a hold of you today don't dwell in the past. Don't dwell in what's happened to you in the past. Don't dwell in the grievances. Today, step into the news that you are a new creation in Christ. You step into that and break hold of those things. Today, you might have financial. You might have had a terrible financial. God can turn it around. God can turn it around. He can change things because He is the change maker. He is the change maker. Maybe your relationships are broken down. Maybe there's relationships that you have and you go, I can't see it. I can never see that restored. You know, we we are watching something on national television, international television today that is really hurting and it's a reflection of what's happening in our society. Of the two princes, Harry and William. And I'm telling you, so there's a spiritual. There's a spiritual thing about that, because it's reflecting the breakdown in society and relationships today. And I don't know who you know whose view you've got about how you know what. I just want to see them restored. They're brothers that are hurting. There's a lot of people that are hurting. But in Jesus Christ, He can make all things new. <laughs> he can make all things new. We, as we take this, these emblems today. I'm going to finish with this, Jazzy. You know, God is a God of promise. When he made Adam and Eve, he made a promise to them. He made a covenant with them. It's called the Adamic covenant. We have five covenants before we have the new covenant. God made a covenant with Adam, made a promise to him. Then he made a covenant with Noah. It's called the Noahic covenant. Then he made a a covenant with Abraham the Abrahamic covenant. Then he made a covenant with Moses, the Mosaic covenant. Then he made a covenant with David. But with us, he's made a new covenant through Jesus Christ so we can enter into newness. And today as we take these emblems, I want to remind you to live in the new. This year, step into the new. Step into the new that God has for you. Some of you, and I I say this, some of you, I just see you talking to neighbours, talking to people that are sick, and you're going to start sensing something. The Holy Spirit's going to start speaking to you, to lay hands and say, look, can I pray for you? I want to really encourage you to step out into the new. If you step out into the new, let me tell you, wastelands and deserts, there's going to be an oasis. Come on, would you stand to your feet today? Would you take this emblem? Luke twenty two, nineteen to twenty says this and he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Today, as we do this, I want you to realize that through his death we were able to embrace newness of life. So well, let's let's eat and celebrate this together. Then, as we drink of this cup, this emblem, it says in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the new covenant. It's a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. As we drink today, realise the newness of Christ that we have been able to access through his death. Can we do that right now? Now, would you... Lift your hands towards heaven. Could you do that for me? And I'm just going to pray this prayer. Then Jazzy's going to come. Holy Spirit, we thank you that this year, let this year be a year that we step into the new things that you have for us. Father, I thank you that you say, forget the past. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? For I'm making a way in the wastelands and the deserts. I'm going to bring streams. Come on, just thank Him and say, God, today I want to step into the new things that you have for me. Today I bless you. I thank you for what you're going to do. Get ready for the new. It's going to be an exciting year. Come on, give God a hand of praise. God bless you.